Think you can save the world? Here's your chance to play the world's first role-playing game for the entry-level player. The planet is dying. Cold winds blow. Fires rage. Trees are withering. In other words, it's brutal out there. Only you can stop the Dark King from consuming the light from the crystals of Earth. But don't think it'll be a walk in the park. You're up against the sleaziest of slime bags, the evilest of ecto scum. We're talking serious monsters here. This isn't your basic shoot 'em up to smithereens kitty game either. You'll have to think your way out of some tough spots. Think you can handle that? Yeah, tough spots like when you're in a battlefield and continually mashing A to complete them all. <laughs> How much you can put up with before you have a psychological breakdown from Jordan. Excuse me, princess. A reputation. Now you're playing with power. Superpower. Sonic 2 handles stubborn stains. Embarrassing bald spots, no problem. Warning. Incoming game. Two best friends get sent back to the year 1990X. Now they have to play games the old school way. No guides, no internet. No, no way. way! This is the Retro Reset Podcast. Call in game tips at 747-21-RESET. That's 747-217-3738. Ask your parents for help. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Retro Reset, the podcast where we are hitting reset on our brains and playing games like it's 1990X. No guides, no walkthroughs, and no internet. I'm Alan Jenkins, and with me is my co-host, Kyle McCluskey. Hello. Welcome. So if you've never heard the show, we play a game every other week in a time capsule environment trying to recreate the experiences you would have had in the 80s or 90s. To recreate the playground rumor mill part of that experience, uh, you can call in to 747-21-RESET. That's 747-217-3738 to call in your tips, tricks, secrets, and memories about the next episode's game, which this time is... What's our new game, Kyle? The Messenger... For Nintendo Switch or PC. That's or right. Or available platform. That's right. We're not we're not just playing retro games on this show. We're also playing indie games that have a retro style or whatever we yep. want. <laughs> we're going to get them off the internet and then we'll pretend like the internet never happened. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, That's the only internet part of it. The rest of it is 100% like yeah. on our own. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, what have you been doing uh, in the past couple weeks? Uh, what, what's your, you know, what games have you been playing lately? Uh, mostly, and I'm sure everyone has gotten wind of this, but uh, I think a little studio of the Gearbox Persuasion has released uh, information about an upcoming title uh, that yeah, may or may not involve the borders of a land, but what, in the third iteration. Of, I don't understand mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I'm not. Um, not really familiar with this. Um, could you? They released. Can you be more detailed. How do you not know? I just don't. I don't understand. They're re, they're renewing Bubsy. They're, the Bubsy's coming out on Wii. Oh my god! Bubsy forever. Wii? They're finally. Yeah, they're finally coming out on Wii. It's a late release. They realize that the console's dead, but they're like, you know what? Uh, fans have been asking for a new Bubsy for years for Wii, even before Wii existed. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? This is this. There's no better time than 2019. Yeah. And uh, that's I've really been getting cat, 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 catching back up on that Bobcat. I'm playing. I'm playing Bubsy one, Bubsy two. I think I hundred percent in them. I, I'm in the speedrunning circuit now. My uh, wife left me um, <laughs> because I just spent all my time playing uh, Bubsy. It's um, amazing. I can't sleep at night without seeing that Bobcat's face. I kind of 
I kind of cut myself a little bit. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, would you, Kyle, would you say that you have, uh, <laughs> would you say that you have cat scratch fever? Pretty much, uh, the bobcat scratch fever. Um, bobcat that, that, scratch that, fever. That wily old bobcat. You know, it is. It is. You know, it is the best game of all time. So, um, you know, you can't really be surprised. The only reason that I would actually play Bubsy, any new Bubsy, because they keep coming out with games, and the the Twitter is. <sighs> It's, uh man, Bubsy has a Twitter and he's trying to be really funny and he's like, huh, I like the, he, he saw, he did some, you know, tweet about an ad that, that, uh, Crash Bandicoot was in. It's like, oh, I wish I had his agent. It's cringy and amazing. Uh, but the games just continue to be garbage, which is not surprising at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only way that I would play Bubsy, uh, not garbage at all. It's the best game ever. Yeah, except they're franchise. garbage. Um, it's definitely Except garbage no, you're wrong. and uh, it's definitely um, garbage. So the yeah, only way okay. that I would think about playing Bubsy is if they got Bobcat Goldweight, the actor, you're the guy who talks like this. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? If they got yeah. him, uh, to do the voice, then I would play that. Okay. And that's the only reason I would ever play Bubsy, uh, get wrecked. Don't at me. So, like, besides listening to your um, just just uh, honestly terrible opinion of how <laughs> bad Bubsy is, uh-huh. I've also been playing Borderlands 2, and they released Borderlands 3. Uh, yes, information. the so trailer cool for too. Borderlands 3. I'm so friggin' excited. I actually went back. I went back and got my old characters from the PS3 because Gearbox is really pro-consumer and awesome, so they finally implemented a feature where you can uh, upload your saved games from... Uh, old consoles. So I uploaded my save from PS3 and uh, calculated all the playtime that I had. I had put over 500 hours into Borderlands 2. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, man. I We spent so much time playing that game together along with my brother. It's just insane. Yeah, I, I, I went back and I started playing in ulti- Ultimate Volheim mode, and that's what has been taking up most of my spare time. Right. Other than playing Mystic Quest, of course. Oh, yeah, Mystic Quest, dude. Uh, the the game that really, really takes up your time because you're just so excited it's, to play it. I I had to get, like, safety gloss, like safety gloves uh-huh. just because of how edgy this game was. I didn't want to cut myself. It was rough. It was rough. It was so edgy. <laughs> it was so it was so hard and hardcore. Uh huh. Let me tell you, it's not easy, guys. Just like the back of the box says, this isn't no giddy shooting game. Yeah, this Even is. You know, because because you know, Gradius Three is just so easy. Yeah. And R Type Three is just you know a walk in the park compared to this game. Some right, random. It's really, fr- it's a really freaking hard game. <laughs> you know, I R-type sucks. I so hard. This game definitely has uh, an edge to it in its marketing, and I think that translates to its art too. And we'll get into that. Um, yeah. But the the things I've been doing the past week, uh, thanks for asking, jerk. Oh, uh, um, how are we doing this past week? I've been playing Bubsy all the time. I'm just gonna See? I'm just gonna copy your thing. Uh, no, actually, I've been playing um, a lot of. Uh, I, I for my birthday, I got the uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas, and that's been taking up a lot of my time because it's just. It's actually really fun. It's it's that's a Toys it? to Life game on Switch. Oh, is it what is it like an RPG or? It's like a um, it's like a shooter. It's a lot like imagine No Man's Sky, but fun. Okay, and also with a Toys to Life component. 
Interesting. I have to yeah. check that out. Yeah, you have like uh, you have like a spaceship, and you get to be Star Fox because of the Nintendo version uh, has Star Fox in it. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to be any other character but Star Fox. Who cares Duh. about the rest of the game? Um, you know, I mean, you, I wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Is is Bubsy a character? Bubsy's not a character. Oh, then I want it. Okay, cool. Uh, but it's actually really fun. I I didn't uh, I didn't have any idea that I was going to get it. Uh, Sam actually asked me about it. Um, because uh, my friend Drew uh, was going to get it for me, but he needed to know. So he asked her to ask me if I knew anything about it. And mm-hmm. it was this whole, like, you know, secret cabal they had going in order to figure out if I had uh, the game already. <laughs> um, but it's really fun. Um, the, Those are usually, the best kind of plots. Oh, totally. Usually uh, the Toys to Life concept doesn't really appeal to me all that much, but this one actually is really fun, and you could switch weapons on the fly uh, during the game by just taking parts off of your ship and then putting new parts on. Um, mm. And you only, you only get a couple parts with the actual base game, but uh, you can actually get more parts in game without having to buy uh, stuff in real life. Uh, so they, mm. they, they strike a good balance and it ends up being uh, really fun to play. And it, it really reminds me of no man's sky, uh, but there's just more to do. And there's a story, which was not a thing in no man's sky. As you know, today's episode brought to you by Starlink. Battle for Atlas. On the Switch. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Although, if you're interested, guys. Hey, you hey know? Ubisoft, if you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> you know, Pay me money. I like Starlink. <laughs> I know you won't give me a hard time. You'll give me a soft time. Am I right, Ubisoft? Am I right? Wow. Anyway, wow. Uh, that was bad. And Made me want to die a little bit. We, Yeah. Uh, anything else you did? I guess we, we did share a birthday this past uh, week. We did, we? but we haven't had a chance to do our birthday extravaganza. So Kyle and I usually every year will like get together and celebrate our birthdays together because they're a couple days apart. Um, and it's pretty awesome. But this year we haven't had a chance to do it yet. And I'm real yeah, sad. I think maybe possibly not, not maybe sometime in the near distant future mm-hmm. for it to commemorate it. Uh, we should have our first little, uh, little, Retro reset podcast slash first stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that would be really fun. Yeah. Okay. See, so if anyone listening is interested, you know, might be like, hey, you know, maybe that's something I want to see. You might let us know. Uh, we might yeah, do that. Let us know if you want to see a stream, and maybe we'll play something on the show. And then, or if that's not a possibility, we'll just go to the old default, we'll just hang out, go into convenience stores, act like we're high as a kite, buy we're a bunch not, of snack we're foods. Not, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We go in, we always go into into convenience stores and we're laughing our asses off like we're And it's it, something like really idiots. stupid. <laughs> yeah, some really stupid thing. We're having some random conversation that we can't be asked to stop when we start yeah. checking out. And we're also buying like Cheetos and Reese's and everything that, you know, you would normally buy when you're a person yeah. who smokes weed. And I had a beanie and my eyes were droopy and Yeah, and we were holding <laughs> and we were holding an entire bag of marijuana, but we weren't smoking it. That's the point. It, yeah, that's the point. That's the rules, right? <laughs> uh, them saw, those are the rules, though. Th- that's the and that's rules. That's how I can't remember the work. exact conversations, but mm-hmm. one of them involved something called a hot Carla, which I won't tell you guys what that is. Uh, don't Google it. Don't Google don't, it. Don't. Don't Google don't it, guys. Don't, don't Google it. Okay, so um, are you ready to get into Mystic Quest today? Oh, yeah, we played a game, didn't we? Yeah, we actually yes. need to talk about the game. Uh, so right. on today's episode of Retro Reset, we will be playing or did play uh, Mystic Quest. 
Um, the Final Fantasy game that's not really quite a Final Fantasy game. Nope. It's only Final Fantasy by the small name above the bigger name. Yes. So uh, tell me about the uh, plot of... uh, of re- of uh, I keep wanting to say retro reset. I keep saying like, uh, and today we're going to be playing retro reset. And what's the plot of retro reset? The game's plot. I mean, mm-hmm. this is going to be. I mean, you guys want to probably bust out some notepads. Oh, it's this very it's really very hard. very complicated. Very complicated. It has uh, many just deep canon uh, iterations, sequels, and underlying messages that you have to decipher using a code machine. I fully uh, expect so, this. I fully expect this to be on an episode of uh, Game Theory uh, pretty yeah. soon, because I mean, it's just ripe for theorizing. Because because there's a theory, you know, that the whole game is actually Goofy's nightmare he has before, right after Goof Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. He has this nightmare about a man who has to say his four cri- crystals, but they're symbol symbolological symbol- of like the four emotions that uh, created the distance between him and his dad. And uh, the FBI came in and uh, put an, an imprint in his brain that created this imaginary friend for him on the whole way down. And uh, and and actually, though, the game is about a guy who needs to go find four crystals. Yeah, it's, you got to find four crystals. <laughs> and so I hope you got all that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, just, yeah. there's not an awful lot to it. You're a guy. You got to yeah. find the crystals. What else do you need? Are you... Exactly. You know, are you... That, uh, that's the makings of a most intense RPG ever. What do you have? Some kind of like... You got to be special. You got to be the special guy who has a special thing. No, dude. Actually, you know, th- the manual talks about the story. There actually is a little bit more to the story than uh, uh, oh, okay. than the game says. This is one of those games where the manual illuminates some some stuff. And I'm wondering if maybe part of this is uh, Americans writing something up so that the game doesn't seem like it's just about some dude going to find crystals. Um, yeah. And he really has almost no motivation to do it. Um, and let me tell you, uh, the manual... Doesn't give him much more motivation to do it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those. Uh, so let me read you a little bit from it here. Um, it tells you about all how the uh, you know crystals are created and and some people fought some monsters, and then they they bask in the glow of the crystals, and then you know it says uh, monsters appeared everywhere and terrorized the people. The world was thrown into total chaos. Something had to be done. Enter Benjamin. Benjamin was the most normal youngster you could imagine. Like most responsible villagers his age, he arose at the crack of dawn to take his family's livestock to the upper meadow to graze. Other kids teased him because he had read, uh, he read while tending his herd, spelled H-E-A-R-D, uh, and because mm. a village elder had taken him in as a promising student. Although Benjamin seemed mature beyond his years, he still dreamed of being more than he was. Faster, stronger, more daring. Little did he know his wishes to were about to be fulfilled the hard way. And that really sounds like he's about to be molested by the village elder. I mean, am I right? But yeah. The, the, village elder, gonna... the village elder took him in and he was going to learn. a hard lesson. He's going to learn the hard way. His wishes will be fulfilled. Uh, and that's, um, that's his motivation is he's like a sheep herd. And he, um, well, or a shepherd even. <laughs> yeah. 
A sheep uh, herd? Uh, he, he just took sh- his herd. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's, at the, he's, at the, he's reading the books, uh, yeah. reading the words you heard. Yeah. So he's a shepherd. Yeah. And he uh, he wants to be more than a shepherd. And I guess the village elder is that dude who rides around in a cloud for the very first part yeah. of the game. That's a hell of an elder. Yeah. Um, turns out the elder of the village can ride around on a cloud, which is kind of fun. I guess so. Yeah. And that village elder knows almost nothing. Half the game, well, he's, he's just like, hey, these crystals exist. You got to go find them. He knows. He knows. He just doesn't tell you. Yeah, he's kind of an ass. He's just like, well, I mean, it's, it's probably here. I mean, I definitely didn't fly over it on my magical cloud, and I definitely couldn't teach you how to get your own magical cloud that would make this adventure completely moot. Would just, I mean, think about it. If you had dreams of being something bigger, yeah. what bigger dream would it be than to have a cloud that could fly around anywhere in the world? Exactly. I mean, come on. That's what I would want. I want that game. So tell me, what's the what's the time to beat on this uh, on this gym? Oh boy, I was surprised. So mm-hmm. this game, for those of you who aren't familiar, well, I imagine a lot of people aren't familiar. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest isn't what you would call a normal length uh, Final Fantasy game. It's gonna take yeah. you. So it's gonna put on the elbow grease, guys. It's gonna take you an average of like fifteen, almost sixteen hours to complete. I mean, ooh, for a Final Fantasy game, that is. That's something, all right? <laughs> it's rough. Man. It's a uh, it's a it's a hard one. And you know, I will say, I will say to to get back to um, you know, some history here. We're about to go to the archives. <laughs> I don't know what sound. Part of sound- just wants to add a add a sound effect of like it's a book falling off a bookshelf onto the ground, <laughs> or a librarian <laughs> going, uh, a li- <laughs> or a library going, shh, stop. Be quiet. I don't. I don't know what sounds to make for the archives. So we're going back to the archives, guys. Uh, so this uh, this game was not advertised as a full Final Fantasy. Um, so you know they weren't exactly doing false advertising, other than having really edgy stuff on the box uh, and trying to make it seem way cooler than it was, which is just par for the course for most advertising in the nineties. Um, but uh, it definitely was not. It was advertised as an entry-level RPG. So, of course, this is going to be maybe half to a quarter of the length of uh, of the other uh, SNES RPGs that were coming out at the time. Um, so, uh, this was released in 1992. And just to give you an idea of the other games that were coming out around the same time, um, Final Fantasy II or four in Japan had come out for the Super Nintendo just a year before, around the same time, Which- November, December. Which is amazing if you play Mystic Quest and then play yeah. Final Fantasy 2. You're like, what? Wait, yeah. It's, what? <laughs> it, it's, it's a crazy, crazy step down. And I don't just mean in terms of gameplay. Even if you take out all of the stuff about how the fact that, you know, it's it's a little handholdy, maybe a lot handholdy. Even if you take out all the gameplay stuff that's meant to be for entry-level players, it's a step down in a lot of other ways. Uh, but some other contemporaries of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, my favorite game, Sonic 2, uh, came out that year. Um, Mortal Kombat. Well, Sonic 2 is not my favorite game anymore, but it, when I was a kid, it was my jam. It was my Jimmy Jam. It is um, your, it's, it's your biggest like nostalgia game. It's it is the game that I think of when I think of video games. It's the favorite game that comes into my mind game. first. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game. Sonic Two is like probably the thing that made me a gamer. Right, so it's like top five. You think? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Also, Mortal Kombat 
uh, Echo the Dolphin 1 for Sega Genesis. The Echo the Dolphin uh, soundtrack, yeah. for you just like chill, best soundtrack ever. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Mega Man 5 also came out, so you can also see that the uh, NES was still active uh, during this time period. So uh, this unless... was, yeah, this was definitely earlier NES and NES. Was uh, Mega Man 5... <laughs> It's Mega Man 5, the SNES one. I thought that was Mega Man 6. No, uh, SNES one's uh, Mega Man 7. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, the NES was still active at the time. Uh, Wolfenstein 3D came out that year, uh, so a huge jump for uh, first-person shooters. Uh, Super Mario Kart, uh, as well as Kirby's Dreamland. So Kirby's debut was in 1992. So overall, a really good year for games. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and... If you if you just take away every other problem that Mystic Quest has, uh, the lineup was definitely stacked for 1992, and I think maybe made things a little more difficult. Although, not an awful lot of heavy hitter RPGs coming out that year. And, again, to be fair, RPGs were not as popular in America at the time. No, no, they weren't. I mean, Ultima was one of the bigger ones. Ultima had a sequel that year. Um, uh, Dragon Warrior was one that was back in the yeah. NES. Um, Final Fantasy had had two other releases in America. So you had Final Fantasy for the NES and then Final Fantasy 2 uh, for the SNES uh, starring Cecil the Dark Knight. Um, so, you know, and, and when it came out, it didn't sell super well. Sold around 800,000 well, yeah. units. The, the RPGs weren't doing very well. and Yeah. Uh, but not to say that Final Fantasy... Yeah, 2 isn't 10 times better than Mystic Quest. Yeah, Final Fantasy 2 or <laughs> 4. I, I'm just going to call it 2 because this is a nostalgia podcast and we're talking about the original release in the U.S. But Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy for the NES are both seminal games for the genre. Um, oh, yeah. So they're really, really good. And Dragon Warrior even still holds up as a pretty good game, although it's really grindy. Um, but, at, oh, you yeah. know, at, at, as a game for the time, it's amazing. Um, Final Ma- Fantasy Mystic Quest had some trouble gaining traction. Um, and I don't know if that's because RPGs weren't super popular in the U S um, because uh, there are a ton of super Nintendo RPGs that came out later. You know, the, the genre definitely got more support as the console went on. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, cause then you'd get, you'd eventually get final fantasy three, which was, you know, a, an incredible step forward. Yeah, and, and you'd get, I would of, say, Breath of Breath of Fire. Yeah, Breath of Fire, and then Lufia, and, mm-hmm. and of course Chrono Trigger, which to me is probably the pinnacle of 16-bit RPGs. It's the oh, best yeah. one. Um, um, so yeah. RPGs, you know, people weren't wanting for RPGs on the SNES later, um, but I don't think I would say it was because there wasn't a market. I wouldn't say it's not. Uh, I would say Final Fantasy Mystic Quest had some issues that that held it back. Um, half of the units uh, of the 800,000, uh, half of those were in Japan. And it actually scored fairly high. In Nintendo Power Issue 42, it got a 3.725. Um, it had a 29 out of 40 uh, in Electronic Gaming Monthly, which isn't great. Um, but it had an 86% in Electronic Games Magazine. Um, and a special thanks to um, uh, Lumps Media... Uh, retro mags and defunct games for some of the research items today. Um, so it was clear uh, that they were trying to appeal to younger fans. They were trying to provide some sort of entry point for new people. But 
uh, it's likely that they alienated people who had been playing Final Fantasy since the first one on NES. Because uh, there was some kind of fan base uh, for Japanese RPGs at the time, just not a huge one. Yeah, and imagine playing Final Fantasy 2 and being like, all right, cool, a new Final Fantasy game. Right. And then playing Final Fantasy Mystic Quest and being like, this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what, uh, what, what is this? What is this a joke? Is this Easter Easter Fool's Day? And it, joke game? It, it no, definitely... I, that's My problem with that is that it definitely advertised itself as an entry-level game, but I feel like yeah. it just wasn't a very good game. It wasn't a very no. good entry-level game either. It, it tried to be an entry-level game, so they ended up alienating their, their core fan base. And it also just wasn't a very good game, so they ended up not selling very well to most people because it's just kind of average uh, for a game of the time. And the the graphics and the gameplay are all not just more simple, uh, but also a pretty huge step back for the genre um, in terms of quality. It's funny because you, you mm-hmm. can tell it's an entry level game by the way that it phrases its like advertisements. Mm-hmm. But like, well, it says, yeah, it says that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, plus at the same time, it's trying to make it sound like it's still better than everything else. So play this. Yeah, I don't know. it's not a kids game, but it's a kids game. Yeah. It's, that's what I thought was weird. It's like, this isn't your normal game. Maybe it's just trying to hype up RPGs. So I think the game is more used to not necessarily push push Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, but to push the genre. Yeah, it's supposed to be saying, hey, <laughs> RPGs are really cool. Here's a really easy one. And, yeah. you know, well, uh, for the it time... Wasn't easy. It I, wasn't a walk in the park, Alan. No, it's not just a walk in the park, but it's, it's also an, it's, it's an entry point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was it's a like, pretty good deal. This isn't easy, but it's easy. Yeah, but it was a pretty good deal at the time, though. It was uh, it sold for thirty nine ninety nine, and you could send it a coupon for a free uh, strategy guide. Just pay shipping and handling. See inside for details. Which is a pretty good deal because at, at the same time, uh, you would see Earthbound come out and be sixty nine ninety nine with a manual. And that is true. That is true. You know, games haven't changed much in price. We're actually in a in an era where. We can afford so many more games because they have stayed the same price. Because yeah. money is worth less now, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I do you do you want to see a, a commercial? You see a cool commercial yes. here? Okay. So w- there's only really one commercial for the show, and it's a German ad, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but why don't you just take a look at that, Kyle? Okay, so um, none of that happened. What, what is what? There's, what? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't. I mean, that is the most generic. Hi, this is uh, an RPG game uh, where you go to castle and get weapon and you become a hero. Yeah, it definitely. So the ad follows this um, first. Per- it's it's in first person first of all, which I think at the time might have been pretty confusing if people had played Ultima because Ultima yeah. was one of your your first first person RPGs. Um so I, I don't know if they had moved first person at that point, but I, I remember I remember there being a 2D Ultima, but maybe my maybe my brain's betraying me well, on that one. There's uh, also like Draken and um Right. Oh, there's other ones I can't remember. Yeah, but so they give you this expectation that I think is false. because uh, it's a top down uh, and I will say a graphically unimpressive game. 
Um, and it's definitely like this generic, like you're in a castle, you're finding treasure. There's heavy breathing for some reason because you're running through this castle. And then yeah, the, the character can't pick up the sword at the end of the commercial. There's like a uh, a weird invisible wall in front of it. It's very Yeah, strange. I know, because you can't just run in, in a castle and grab it. You're not high enough level yet. You yeah, man. grind for a few hours. Yeah, which is not really quite how Mystic Quest works. So I feel like the commercial doesn't give you a good idea of what you're getting into. At yeah, all. no, it doesn't. It, it's it, more of a generic explanation of just your your run-in-the-mill fantasy mm-hmm. RPG to genre. Just any, right. anyone, you know. So it, this it, is something... It's just saying, hey, here's what fantasy is. And people do what fantasy was. I mean, you can't tell me that in 1992 people didn't understand the what fantasy was. There's swords, there's jewels, there's castles. I get it. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was very, very generic. Not my favorite thing, uh, which you will yeah. find is a common refrain throughout this episode. <laughs> However, I will say... Despite the, and it's funny because you think with that premise it'd be a horrible game, right? Yeah. Not so because Fatal Labyrinth is basically that, and it's the best game, uh, ever. It is a other great than game. Bubsy. It is a great yeah. game. Um, Bubsy is not. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, Fatal Labyrinth would have been great for that ad because it's showing you not being able to pick something up. <laughs> it's showing you running through a castle. Uh, and it's, you know, this sort of generic fantasy environment, which Fatal Labyrinth has, but somehow does way better because it's just fun. Plus, I um, think he probably would have gotten off a lot better if he just would have took some of the gold because he could have used that to buy a bunch of swords. Right. Which also in Mystic Quest, you'll find is not really a thing. You know, there's yep. not all, there's not an awful lot of buying things. Uh, there is kind of, but yeah, you can. But there's also a lot of you being given things all the time. It's true. Um, so there's a really nice guide in Nintendo Power issue 49, which also has a really cool cover. It's got Darth Vader on it because they're advertising the hardest game ever made, Super Star Wars. The issue ended up being, for me, cooler than the uh, cooler than the guide because the guide is the... It gives you a little bit of uh, extra stuff after the first dungeon, but the manual itself actually gives you a guide to the first dungeon as well. So it's pretty detailed. Um, That's pretty handy. But in the issue, there's also some really dope uh, uh, Link uh, link to the Past and uh, Mario comics. And it's like this serial that they were running at the time. So every issue you would get like another part of this story. Um, and they're actually pretty well illustrated and really, really cool. Um, so I encourage you to check that out. If you go to Retro Mags, uh, you can download like archives of uh, Nintendo Power. That somebody saved him. Yeah. I, I spent most of my research time just reading comics and, and Nintendo Power. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you do it in 1990X, man. What's the, uh, the the manual have to say here? Did you uh, did you get a chance to look at it? No, I didn't look at the manual. Um, okay. So I didn't look at the manual at first either because I thought, well, this game's pretty easy and it just kind of throws you in and you can figure it out. Which yeah, no, is, it's, a- it's, not, it's not a game you need a manual for, generally. No. But that said, it's beautifully illustrated. It's in full color. And it actually, with the controls, is a little bit helpful if you don't understand the UI, which... Uh, it is a little weird. Yeah, the UI, UI sucks. Um, so if you if you can't get through the UI because it's very unintuitive, the game explains it for you, <laughs> which I would have been able to use because uh, I had a lot of trouble with it at first. It yeah. also gives you this note that says, 
It suggests that you write down character names and relationships because the allies come and go so fast sometimes. And to me, that's just hilarious. It's like, hey, we don't give you any reason to be invested in the characters in this game. So make sure to write them down so you know who everybody is. It's kind of true. I mean, they're in and out. There's a revolving door of them, man. They're just there to give you weapons and, and exactly. help you get key items and then leave. They really are. And they're all super overpowered. Yeah, it's true. They're <laughs> like way over leveled. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Every character in the game uh, that I ran into, and I didn't get very far in the game. I got past the first dungeon and into the second world, and I just could not bring myself to go back and play it. And I'm a person who has defended Mystic Quest in the past because I played it when I was a teenager. Um, I actually played it on an emulator for the first time because I was looking for RPGs, and I landed on this before I landed on Chrono Trigger and just ended up that way. Um, but I didn't have any experience with like the progression of these games. So I just thought, oh, you know, it's just a simple RPG. I like that you can jump. I like that you can use weapons in the environment. It's fun. Um, but the game itself, uh, is man, I, it's just, what was I saying? I'm, I completely lost my tra- train of thought. <laughs> I just, it, this game makes my brain melt. I, I, I go in and it's just like autopilot and I have no That's reason true. to go back to it. So I, ca- I kept trying to play it and it was just like, uh, you know, I felt like a zombie every time I got into it. It's true. It doesn't require a whole lot of thought at all. It really. has an autoplay mode for your side characters. Oh, that's what I was saying. The side characters are so overpowered. Yeah. They end up, you end up killing most enemies in one hit the first time you see them. It's ridiculous. Well, you don't, but your partners do. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes even, you do, too. Even then, you, don't you, miss. You, you get, yeah, you miss a lot. And that's so frustrating. There's way too much missing in this game. And there's no clear reason why it's happening most of the time. Uh, when did you hear for, first hear about this game? All right. So uh, I first hear, heard about it when I, um, well, actually... I got this copy that I have mm-hmm. today is from a friend that I had back in elementary school. His name oh. is Josh, and uh-huh. his um, his mom had a thing against fantasy games. He thought they were, she thought they were the work of the devil because you mm-hmm. know, oh, they are though. RPGs are the work of the devil, mm-hmm. and um, that fantasy was bad and all that stuff. Anyways, they weren't allowed to play it, so uh, somehow I ended up with them. And I mm-hmm. when I played it as a kid. I I I didn't. I thought it was pretty cool at the time. Silly right. old me, and uh, <laughs> and ever ever like I I play it every once in a while. I don't think I ever beat it. I got close mm-hmm. to beating it when I was a kid. I remember the last boss, but I don't remember beating it. Right, and that was like me and his brother and him would all kind of crowd around and try to beat the game. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah, and now we've. Uh... We've sort of come to the future. I would call this game definitely a rental. Um, that that has been my modern experience with it. It's something that I feel like I've rented and I'm ready to take back. I'm oh, yeah. something like, oh, I had a weekend with this and I never need to play it again. Um, yeah. If, if if you're thinking about if you're into game collecting, like, and you're like, I want to collect them to play them. Uh, buy this one if it's like under five. <laughs> It's it, yeah, it, and it is honestly a, a relatively cheap game. You can get it complete in box from anywhere from fifty to one hundred fifty dollars. The 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 
uh, price varies wildly on the CIB versions, and I don't have any idea why, but it's it's very bizarre. I think it's a, it's varied on availability and demand. Just like yeah, there I don't think there's many people looking for CIBs as there used to be in SNES because I don't I don't even like CIBs. I think they're silly because you know just buy a plastic box that has art printed. Like it's not the original. I get it, but it protects your game more. That's CIB me, is though. I think CIB is nice if you're if you're making a collection that you don't want to play. If you're making yeah. like a museum style collection, and eventually I think maybe that I'll too. get there. But right now, my collection is definitely a living collection. It's something where I'm buying things I'm either going to play or want to be able to play. Um, yeah. Even if I don't play them, which is the case with most of them, because, I mean, when you have 300 games, it's hard to get to them, you know? But, yeah. That's, um, what this, that's what this podcast is for. Absolutely. Gotta play some of them. Yeah. But I would say I would definitely... Check this one out on an emulator before you try. I know that's illegal, but I would get it any way you can. Watch, wink, watch wink. a let's play. Let's put it that way. Watch a let's yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, go, go, yeah. Watch a let's play. See what you think. I recommend HC Bailey. He's good. Yeah, I wouldn't he call this one. You know, I I hate to give the the conclusion before we end, but I would not say this is worth playing uh, the way we played it without a guide. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's true. There's well, there's nothing there's nothing to it. You don't really need a guide. You never would. No, it's yeah. real straightforward. It's extremely linear. It's very straightforward. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll get that. Yeah. What were your expectations of the game based on the like cover art and your previous experiences? Okay, so I thought based on what the cover art looked like, it was mm-hmm. going to be a platformer. Because uh-huh. I don't know why, but the main character was it was holding a sword, obviously. But to me, it screamed like. He looked like he was wearing a skydiving outfit. I don't know. <laughs> For some reason in my kid mind, I didn't equate it to like it mm-hmm. being an RPG. It looked more like a like a side-scroller or maybe like a Pilot Wings type game. I don't know what I was expecting. Well, the art it, definitely it just, looks like it's like got this Art Deco style. And it reminds me, I, I thought a very similar thing when I was young. Because the cover art to me looks like the uh, poster art for the movie uh, Rocketeer. Do you ever see that movie? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's where I'm pulling it out of, yeah. Yeah, he looks like the Rocketeer. He does not look like a knight. His helmet looks like he's from the 20s. It's very, very very bizarre. I don't know. If I saw the Japanese box art, I'd be like, oh. Mm -hmm. It's more recognizable. But I don't know. It's just kind of, I don't know. He's making up the cue. That's neat. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't Honestly, it takes years to really look at it to tell that he's even holding a sword. To some it's, extent, from a distance. Well, there's so much light shining on it. Yeah, from a distance, it looks like um, it's just kind of the art tried to give it some life, but it, it does not match the game whatsoever. It doesn't give you any sense of what the game's like, at least the manual art, which is, is gorgeous uh, and extremely detailed. At least the manual art gives you something to imagine when you're playing, which I think would be OK if it were on a system that had lower capabilities. Yeah. But this is a Super Nintendo game and if you look at just let's get right into the graphics here. Um the graphics no. are are ugly. I'll just come right out and say it. It's an ugly game. It, you know, it's it's not I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's ugly. I just say it's like really simple, really mm-hmm. like uh elementary Right. Like not a lot of you could tell that everything's recognizable. It's all cleanish. It's just it's very um 
not very detailed. It's all very simple. It's all very plain. That's right. that's the that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I will say this though, if you look at the box art, he kind of looks like a like a like a Mega Man from Spain because he has like a sash. <laughs> looks like a, a Quistador kind of, but he has like yeah. a Mega Man helmet. It's really yeah. Weird. He anyway. does. He does look a little <laughs> Mega Manish. Um, you know, I, I thought the uh, yeah the graphics are very simple. There's not an awful lot to talk about, but I thought the tiles didn't tile very well. When you had like a wooden building, all of the logs like were vertical for some reason, and it looked really weird. It just nothing blends in together. Nothing. Everything is clearly a tile, which to me just looks like gross. Yeah, it kind of looks like R- like early stages RPG maker esque type thing. Yeah, kinda. exactly. This reminded me of something like a, an RPG I made an RPG maker. You know, yeah. except even the RPG maker I used back in like '95 was better than this. Yeah, it was just I don't know. It, it's an but ugly yeah, it, looking game to me. It seems it seemed rushed and simple and procedural and. Uh, right. You could tell that they threw it all together because they, they they knew I think when they were making the graphics that this game wasn't going to be a full release, just going to be a forty dollar game. It was just it was more of promotional material than it was an actual game. And the more I think about it, I, that's the, what I think kind of that I right. think it was meant as a tool, not necessarily a game. But yeah, yeah, no. that's that's definitely what it feels like to me too. Uh, you know, at first I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Lagoon. I think because the the character's small and you have like a sword that you can swing. But yeah. even then I feel like Lagoon looks better than this game. Lagoon at least, you know, has some variation uh, in the tiles. The tiles seem to match up with each other. Uh, and just, again, I hate to harp on this, but going back to final fantasy uh, two, that game is, it looks really good for its era. Right. Oh yeah. No kidding. This rem- this reminds me of like something like Fantasy Star on the me- on the uh, on the Master System. Yeah. It it has the look of something that's like we didn't have the ability to do anything but have these really defined tile sets, so it looks kind of flat. Um, or even Dragon Warrior. It looks like Dragon Warrior with like more colors. Yeah, it's very. Uh, pa- I want to say pastel, but it's not even pastel. It's just like lacking saturation. And all the palettes are, yeah, it's just like, it feels early elementary. And I think maybe part of that is at the first part of the game, you start off in a forest that's died. So everything yeah. looks ugly immediately. And, when and you even win, after you restore it. Yeah, still. even when you restore it, the green is kind of gross. Nothing seems to match each other. I don't know. The the unfortunate part of this game compared to most of the other games we're going to play is it does have a kind of direct comparison with its big brother Final Fantasy 2. So maybe maybe it's a little unfair to harp on the graphics, you know, considering right. maybe I don't know what the norm was back then, but it definitely seemed like the norm was slightly above average. You could tell that not a lot much TLC went into this as it did other games. Yeah, I mean so, this came this came out the same time as Sonic 2. And that game yeah. is gorgeous. Now I get they're two different systems. The SNES tends to not have color palettes. They're quite as neon and bright and and eye melting as the Sega Genesis. Um but I don't know. I I mean, I've seen a lot of games for the SNES that are really gorgeous and really bright and have really good color choices. So I just feel like they made bad choices in the development that make this game look kind of muddled and gross. It kind of feels like they just took like a dev kit from an NES game and like Uh transported it over to the Super Nintendo and just. Yeah. eh, I wasn't feeling it. It's just kind of bad. 
However, the, what, despite, what did you think about the enemy design, though? The the enemy, despite the bad graphics, I thought they did a pretty good job with the enemy design. I thought, the, although they don't vary very much, I, I do like the added benefit or the added bonus of, like, or uh, an added effect as you hurt them, they kind of, like, degenerate or they show damage. Like, the sprites change when you hit them. and Yeah. Uh, I feel like and- that probably took up a lot of space, and which is why they ended up cycling enemies in the first new area. See, this game could not be that big. I don't think it's that big. I, I don't think it is either, but it bothered me so much. You get to the second area of the game. Right, first area of the game, you run into these wood elves, right, that look like Santa Claus's helpers. Um, Then you get to the second area of the game. Oh, instead of red elves, now you've got green elves. Like, one of the first enemies you run into is a palette swap. uh, Is a palette swap of an enemy that you were fighting not 30 minutes ago. What the hell? Yeah. You're in the forest, man. There's just going to be elves. It can't be, like, polar bears. What are you wanting? That made me so mad. That was part of the reason I, I, I kind of lost interest in playing is because I got to a certain point where I was like, all right, I'm in a new area. Things are going to look cool. I'm going to have at least something interesting to look at. And I ended up getting more elves, more horned frogs. This just shoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, at least they were new. At least they were it- something new. You know, the most I expect from a palette swap is maybe sometimes to get a harder version of the enemy later on in the game, um, like way later on in the game. Um, but this was, I think, beyond the pale. And yeah. they didn't they didn't end up being harder because you're leveled up at this point. So you end up just one shotting them anyway. Yeah. OK, so the game itself, I'm mm-hmm. looking at it and it's about 512K. Yeah, that is that is half a meg. That game's half a meg. <sighs> the smallest ship you could put it in was two or one i guess one they they used a quarter of the mag on characters looking like they're dying i swear yeah i swear like they they were like let's let's make it you know for new players and they can understand when you've damaged an enemy and then like oh crap we don't have enough we don't have enough room for more enemies See, at least they didn't stick with like the red blinky trope but then again that would require like an animated effect on the game and there wasn't any of those yeah i mean it was there was the attack effects but like i don't know it could have been blinking red light and they decided not to so i guess it's props to them but i will say that the uh the i do remember the last boss of the game and it's actually really cool because he has Mm -hmm. like three iterations four iterations where you fight him and he slowly turns into a giant spider wielding like an axe and a spear and and a sword in each hand and it's really cool climactic ending yeah but and then you're like, yeah, well, guess how you win? Mash the how do you win? Oh, yeah, really? That's really crazy. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll I, get, I felt we'll... at least like there was some strategy in switching to the right item. Like you could say, okay, well, I want to beat these in two turns. So I'm going to use the bomb <laughs> and my partner here who is doing massive damage to every enemy. Like the ninja yeah. you, you pal around with or the person with the axe. Um, but even then, most of the time, it's just like, uh, I'm just going to mash the A button and put the enemies, uh, put the uh, ally on auto attack because, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's just not even, even when you're not using auto attack, it's no fun. There's no fun yeah. in the battle because you're just pressing the same button again and again. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get that in here in just a second. We're going to talk about the music. Yeah. So yeah. the music was, I, I, it's pretty rad, pretty rad. I, I like the, 
I actually liked the battle game music. Mm-hmm. The battle music? Battle game music? And the boss yeah. music was pretty cool. And uh, for about the first 20 or so fights, and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is a problem with a lot of Final Fantasy games, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just Because with this game, it's always... I don't know. You, you don't feel that involved in the battle, so you're just like, oh, it's fighting you know i'm not fighting i don't know i got that vibe from especially like the world the world map music which was something i wasn't expecting uh with the final fantasy game it's yeah. pretty like unfinished it, it felt like there wasn't you know they didn't finish putting all the instruments in it and then yeah. the town the town music is the same for the first two towns i don't know if that changes later but it's the same music with a different instrument i can't i don't think so Ugh. i do remember the, are the dungeons the same i think the dungeons are the same too Hey everyone, I looked it up and the dungeon music seems to be the one thing that actually changes in the game. Oh my god, it drove me up the wall, especially I'm, I'm, especially after playing a Game Boy game that has unique dungeon music for every single dungeon. Yeah. You get to the second town and it's like, oh, we just we pilot swapped the music too. It's the same freaking song and it's just like two different instruments instead. I don't want to hear that again. Uh, give me something new and interesting to hear or look at or something. It's all very somber, too. Like, you're like, I'm in an adventure, and you get to a town, and it's like, oh, soft and pillowy. And then it's like, all right, back to the music. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it kind of fits the themes that it's supposed to, but I just... It does, but it's just too much of the same thing. And then it just ends up... it, It ends up all blurring together, which there's so many great SNES games with great music. Why could they like every other game has a different song for each level? Like in this era, right? Sonic 2, yeah. different song for each level. Mario Kart, different song for each racetrack. Uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, we palette swapped all of the songs. Sorry. Sorry, the game sucks. Again, I, I'd start to want the more, the more I talk about it, the more I played it. It was just like. Was this meant to be a game, or is this just a tool to advertise RPGs with Final Fantasy on it? Right. It felt like you like wonder. You, like you, you really said, do. Like you said, it felt like it was tossed together. It felt like they had just kind of they had some assets left over from something. They threw it together, and you ended up with whatever the hell this turned out to be. Yeah. <sighs> um the user the user interface. Let's get back to that. Uh, so. Yep. Pretty rough to figure out how to use. Yeah, the the UI confused me because mm-hmm. like normally there's a menu button that mm-hmm. is on like usually it's start or X or something. And right. instinctively I'll like I'll be playing the game and I'll hit A or was it B? I don't remember the net, the exact button letter was it A? I can't remember which button the menu button is. Well one of the D pad but not the D button, one of the buttons, like I think it's A. You hit it and you expect it to be an action or something. No, it's it's when you're in the when you're outside a battle, it brings up the save menu. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, a lot of RPGs have a button mapped to your uh, to your menu screen. So Chrono Trigger has that. I think it's X. Um, yeah, that's fine, you, but not directly to the save. Just just the save menu. It goes right. directly there. It doesn't go to an overview. And you have to save in order to get to the overview, which I think maybe they were like getting people used to being able to save all the time, which yeah, which I think weird. is is one thing about the gameplay that was actually really good is they designed it so that you could save anywhere. That's awesome. Well, I, I, think, it, that's, I think that's a really good idea. 
that's cool, but I just feel like there's a less jarring way to sort of learn that. Maybe like right. a prompt in game, like, you know, press the, you know, go ahead and save now. And right. then I'll be like, oh, okay, or, it's on the A button instead of walking along and be like, why, why does this keep happening? Right. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Or, or you could have like a button um, in the menu that says like the word save. And because That'd you be can good. read, because this is an entry level game for, for people who can't read. It's an entry level game for people who haven't played RPGs. So maybe you could like have a word that says a thing and then you go to that using directional buttons like up down left right things people all know and And then then you could like you could like press save and then it would save isn't that crazy like the little little little, like uh cross pad with like the little arrows on it yeah those like press that down like on the down part yeah you just like go in the direction you want to go and then you press the thing that says save isn't that crazy i saw a word that said save is that it (laughs) Oh. And I like that it had an auto-equip system for the weapons, but it doesn't tell you that it's doing that. Yes, that is so annoying. You're like, hey, cool, I got an item, I think. Yeah, well, then when you get to your inventory, it gives you the option to look at them, and then when you press something, it doesn't do anything. Nope. So you just have an inventory for no reason. Yeah. It's it's just frustrating to look at. I think eventually, eventually mm-hmm. you get the ability to switch. I can't remember exactly, but you get you can, upgraded version of all the and all the armor and, and stuff, and right. you can swap between them. And you can swap between weapons the entire time, which I thought was another thing about the gameplay that was, that was really nice, good. Yeah. Is that the you can use the L and R buttons, weapons, yeah. yeah, which is not something you usually see in an RPG, and I don't think it's something I liked in an RPG. But in general, it was nice to be able to switch weapons quickly. Um, yeah, which and you could made, do it in battle, which was kind of nice. That was really cool, too. Yeah, being able to switch weapons in battle was a nice touch. I also liked that they had the enemies on screen. Chrono Trigger eventually, you know, took from this, and and I don't know if they actually took from Mystic Quest, but I hate random encounters. That was another thing that I thought was actually really good about this game, because I think random encounters are garbage. Yeah. Um, I usually play through an RPG in spite of having random encounters, because I, I hate them. They make me want to kill myself. They have to be pretty damn good games for me to put up with them nowadays. Right. The, when I was when I was younger, it used to not bother me, but like jo- yeah. going back and playing Dragon's Quest now or Dragon Dragon Warrior, whatever. Uh huh. It's mi- it's miserable. <laughs> they should call it Encounter Warrior. Am I right? <laughs> Encounter <laughs> the, Quest. The the, the friggin' the friggin' random encounters though are replaced by battlefields battlefields it sounds more intense though doesn't it it does but it's just uh oh by the way press the a button for like 40 minutes so when when the back of the box says this isn't a walk in the park it's not it's a walk in like uh the like kind of like if like have a rocky path yeah where you have where, to hit a lot right or and, and sometimes you have to go back to town to heal but there's yeah. absolutely no danger in going back to heal because there's no random encounters yeah, so you just walk a certain path. It's like Joe and Mac, You're just like all right. Yeah, walk back. Oh, I to have, town, I right? have to, I have to go back to this town so that I can heal and come back to this battlefield and hit A some more. Yep. And they were so. It ended up being more of a grind than random encounters. I never thought that I would hate a level up system more than I hate <laughs> grinding for random encounters. But just, here it is. Yeah, here I, it is. The entire time I was playing, I was like. 
I was like just smashing A through the through the battlefields, and I was like, man, I bet Alan is just having a blast. I bet he's loving every second of this. You know I hate it, man. You know I freaking hate it. Like I, I hated it too. I was just, it was I know. just like, what? What is this? It's so miserable. It just sucks all the fun and momentum out of the game. Any momentum the game builds by being kind of quick and snappy and giving you really powerful allies so that you can blow through enemies. Any momentum they give you is completely deflated yeah. by having to fight ten really long battles in a row. Against randomly generated enemies that take nothing but just hit the A button, hit the A but, button, hit the A yeah. button. The battlefields are optional, though. They are, but uh, you feel like you're missing something. But you gotta get that extra 100 experience. I think one of them gives you 100 experience as a reward. Or 100 it's, GP. And you're yeah. like, wow, that was worth it. <laughs> I could have gotten this. Uh, yeah, but before I learned that they weren't actually required, I had already spent so much time that I just, like, soured myself on the game. Yeah. I soured I, on the game. It was, it was not... It was not fun. I mean, it just, no. I feel like it It's just sucks all the fun out of the game. It was like, putting put it in a metaphor's perspective, like, mm -hmm. uh, in a normal RPG, to grind, you have to go out and find enemies and grind them, find enemies, grind them. This is like a sit-in-the-chair grind where enemies come to you and you just, you do the same thing, but you don't move. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you don't feel involved in the game. You're like, all right, I have to... It's like, I want to play the next part, but I also need this battlefield, so I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes mashing A uh, before I go on to, the, to progress through the game. Even random encounters in other games, like in Final Fantasy 3, at least they're different in different places, and you can get different items. Sometimes if you use, for example, um, like a steal command in Final Fantasy 3, you can like get specific items, or you can grind specific enemies for more experience. Uh, you can have some control over where you're going and why you're doing it. I don't. I don't remember hating the random encounters in Final Fantasy three, and I played that as adult. Yeah. But this, you're right. It just takes all the agency out of your hands, and you're just kind of there. You're just kind of there because the game told you to be there. And you don't even have to be. You could get out of that chair and go to the next chair. Yeah, but sometimes there's two chairs in a row, yep. and you're like, I guess they're really wanting me to do this. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I went through all the battlefields, and I wonder, like, how bad would it get if you just skipped over them? Like, uh -huh. would you get underleveled or something like that? Yeah, or what? But so I just did them just to be safe. But who knows? You might uh -huh. not. I don't. I'm not sure how the levels scale in that game, but it. I never leveled. I didn't right. level very fast. I think yeah, by the time my game crashed, I was like level twelve. I kept Something doing like I kept doing the random encounters or the non-random encounters, and I wasn't leveling very much at all. No, I was I wasn't getting like an awful lot for them. Much, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not really much to talk about when it comes to like story and characters. Like, if it's if we true. wanted to, we could stop and talk about the story and characters. But the thing is, is they're not really there. Like, I mean, the the extra characters that come into your life for a minute, minute, you think, oh, they have a little personality. Maybe they're going to be part of the story. No, sorry. He's just a ninja who steals something. He's there to advance the plot. Yeah, that most of the characters are plot devices. So for those of you mm -hmm. who are wondering just how unimportant uh, the characters are, they might become more relevant at the end of the game. I know. I think you could eventually take one of them with you at the end, to the end boss. It's been such a long time since, uh -huh. I, played, since I actually played through it. But. Uh, 
Like the first one you run into, it's it's all real generic. Everything in this game's real generic. You have to some girl gets poisoned, you have to find an antidote. Right. Some you run into some ninja, he's like, I gotta get this present, you're gonna help me, so you help him. And then at the end he gives you his weapon and then he's I and think he, he gives you Yeah, then he leaves. He gives you the uh bombs. That's right. Yeah. And they eventually give you more weapons the further you go or whatever, but they, they only serve as a plot device. And there's a reason why the book says you might as well write them down. Cause they're like in and out the revolving doors. They're just like, there they are here. I'm, to, I'm here to do this or I'm here to make you do this. And then, uh, and then I'm give out. you an item and leave. Yeah. And then as far as the themes concerned, uh, mm-hmm. okay. I could go over this very briefly as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the first crystal is earth. Everything's earthy and has trees. Uh, the second one is water, and everything's frozen. They had thought, and then uh-huh. like there's a fiery place. It's too fiery. You need to take the fire down a notch. And then there's wind that has no windy. There's a windy place that has no wind. You have to find the wind. Right. This themes. It's fire, yeah, earth, it, wind, water. Yeah, it's it's um it's very, very basic. Very basic. And uh, the the only recurring character that I feel like you run into a lot is the old man. The yeah. The elder and like the, one of the first thing he thinks he does is first of all it takes control out of the player's hands entirely the first part of the game is just sort of auto happening and you press the button to make things advance you're not yeah. actually moving yeah. um and then the old man is like hey if you can com- if you can kill a behemoth you're good enough i guess to be the hero I don't know where the crystals are. Lol. See ya. No, he mentions he mentions to you where it might be. He's just there to like kind of nudge you in the right direction. I he's in the game so little that I thought he was an enemy the second time I ran into him. Again, he could have just zipped around and picked him up himself because he's in a magic cloud. Yeah, whatever. Would have been much easier for him. Another thing is all of the names of places are kind of really on the nose. Like the forested part is called Foresta. The place where you level up for the first time is called the level, level forest. Level forest, yeah. The dungeon that's made of bones is called the bone, bone dungeon. dungeon. And then which, there's a kind of also also bone dungeon. Uh, name of my sex tape, but uh, um, <laughs> uh, the sand temple like is uh it has some music that sounds like an '80s power ballad, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, but like the temples themselves have no uh have no relevance they're just there again to advance the plot they're not even temples they're just caves Mm -hmm. right the sand temple there's nothing in there except for a thief and a wooden chest um and then you you get told my allowance is only two gold pieces a month for some reason then he does the greg yeah he 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 shrugs for those of you don't know we have a friend who shrugs a lot his name's greg so that's doing a greg that's um it's called a greg um and it's just like every time the game does something that's dumb or crazy, instead of making it an actual joke, right, where, you know, like um, some games that sort of wink at the player, like Earthbound, they actually have jokes in there. This one just has the character shrug. It is the lowest form of comedy. And, and I some, hate of the jo- some of the jokes are just real bad. And the dialogue yeah. itself is very, uh, very. It's poorly translated. I yeah, think. probably. I hope so. I hope that's yeah. the excuse. It's very just a, mm-hmm. <laughs> just it's, doesn't seem like they put any effort in it at all. But yeah. I am the guy who will do the thing. Don't worry, I'll go get the stuff for, for the girl. Everything will be fine. I'm like, okay, I'm and a hero like, because here I am. I'm shrugging and, a lot. 
when that when you wake the girl up and you get her, she's like, "I'm coming with you," and uh-huh. then her mom's like, "Don't go," and she's like, "Mom, I have an axe. <laughs> I have okay. an axe." And then they leave. Well, I guess like, it's wow. okay then. Was, See ya. She didn't say that. She said, "I have an axe," and then it ended. Yeah, there's not a whole like, lot. There's not a whole lot here. Uh, there's not a whole lot to story, talk about guys. in in this game, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's and, what's a fun. lot of people I like doing bad games in this show. <laughs> a, a lot of people complain that this game is not a traditional RPG. A lot of people complain that it doesn't have the depth of something like Final Fantasy. And I think that is a misguided complaint. This game was not meant to be as deep as those games. It was meant to be an entry point into RPGs. But it does that really poorly. Yeah, it, again. It, it, it replaces all the complicated things in RPGs with things that instead are uncomplicated, but also not fun. Yeah, it's like um, like whenever you go to school and like an elementary school and you play like those really simple introductory games to like alphabet and how to do math. It's like this, right. but it's for RPGs, which begs the question. If you uh, have never played an RPG before and played this one, would you be encouraged to play more RPGs? Man, you know, my I think my first JRPG, um, and this says a lot about the games I played as a kid. I I was mostly a platformer kid, right? I played yeah. Sonic first, and then when I was over at friends' houses, I played, you know, Donkey Kong Country oh, heck and, yeah. and Super Mario World. So I played a lot of platformers. My first actual turn-based RPG, I think, was Super Mario RPG, Legend oh, of the Seven Stars. Point. And that, to to give a contrast here, that is a great entry-level RPG, right? Yeah. The battles are not random encounters, but the enemies are on screen in interesting places that you can avoid, right? And the battles mm-hmm. don't get repetitive because there's new things to do all the time. Yeah, you can first strike them too, like physically, which I thought was neat. Yeah. And it also, the battle mechanics give you control over what's happening by giving you some, like, for example, you can crit enemies by hitting the buttons at the right time. And this is a this is a game I would love to do in, on the show at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, that is an excellent example of a great RPG to start someone off if, if they've never played an RPG before. Be, but here's here's the contrast. It's because it keeps control in the player's hands and takes all the things that are complicated about RPGs and makes them fun little mini games or fun little things that you can do or interact with. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, however, I think, if you don't have a choice, is an awful entry point for RPGs because it makes you think, okay, battles are repetitive and boring. I have no control over what's happening. Everything sort of happens to me and I don't have a choice. There's no real exploration. There's no real stakes. And hey, by the way, if you want to get stronger, make sure that you're okay with repeating yourself again and again in the same way forever. It's true. Yeah. It would just make me it would just make me think all of the things it's trying to dumb down for me or or make easy for me, it would make me think that they would end up being boring and terrible in, in future yeah, games. It's true. It it'd be like to me it would make RPGs not feel like a game to me. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, you know, imagining myself in a situation, a mindset where I had no idea what XP was, I had no idea what turn based strategy turn based battles were, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just going into it, I would feel like less it was a game like a traditional game and more like uh kind of like what i went through earlier about the tool metaphor like you're going mm-hmm. through like section by section like you know 
doing right. like I'm going, I walked over to this level and now I'm doing this lesson. And then I go to the next lesson at right. level forest. And then I go to bone dungeon lesson. It just doesn't really feel much like a game. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it takes, it takes all the things that are fun about RPGs and that is varied battles, um, an interesting story and interesting characters, interesting characters. Yeah. And, and exploration. It takes all of those four sort of key elements of RPGs and takes control out of the player's hands and sucks the fun out of them. Yep, and they and they and they turn into the form of four elemental crystals that you have to go and find. Right, and even if the story was really generic, I think it would have still been fun if the gameplay mechanics had been fun. Um, and it's the same thing I think with uh, with Super Mario RPG. It it's a you know. Instead of taking all the fun out of the things that are complicated, it just makes them something a little bit simpler that still gives the player control. Like, for example, when you level up, um, you know, you get to sort of put a skill point in one of three items. It gives you less options, but those options are bright, colorful, fun, and you have control over them. Yeah, you feel like you're, you feel like the RPG protagonist. Yeah. You really feel like Batman. You feel it. You feel like Batman. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say as an entry point, as a as a game, you know, that is supposed to make you interested in RPGs, this would not do it for me. Yeah, this would be like this would make me think that RPGs are out there to just make brain, just to numb my brain. As yeah, R- RPGs are there to take you through a story and not really give you much choice in how to do it. Which uh, did become later uh, true later in Final Fantasy Thirteen. Heyo, <laughs> <laughs> boy, they tried though. They made like three different. There's a trilogy of lightning games now, so somebody liked them. Yeah, and also Square had more money. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, this is definitely like I would say personally, if you want an entry level RPG, go play Super Mario RPG instead. This game D- kind of sucks. If you haven't played that game yet, I recommend it. Um, yeah. We will definitely probably play it later on the show. That's for sure. Yep. Um, so I think if this, you know, for this one, my rating is take it back to the store. Put it back yes. in the uh, put it back in the return slot at bo- Blockbuster and, and yep. forget it ever happened. Do it same day. Don't wait. Don't wait till the end. Like first day. Take it back. Have your parents. Well, if, if I was back then, I'd, yeah. I'd have my parents like, you know, we need to go back and rent something else. This is uh, hot garbage. If I were a kid, I would have been too embarrassed to say so, and I probably would have just played Sonic 2 for the rest of the weekend instead. Yeah. Always have a good fallback. That's oh, Or yeah, try to yeah. rent two games and be like, eh, you know, and you're able to get that one as the second one, you'd be okay. But that's only if you're allowed to rent two games, which to me happened very, very little. Oh, yeah. I was never allowed to rent more than one game. If you I were, was very rarely allowed to rent one game in the first place. If you're a part of a two game two game rental family, you're you're rich. You're rich. Oh yeah, totally. You're a rich kid. You're absolutely a rich kid. Don't tell me different. You are the one percent. You are the one percent in in video gamer kids. The only person richer than you is a kid who has Sega Channel. Yeah, that's true. If you have a Sega Channel, Dad. <laughs> Man. Continue show reference. Of course, I will always continue to continue show reference. I love Continue Show. So I'm so glad they're back. But um, it's true, and they and they made an awesome show on. Uh, I forgot what it's called already, but it's good. Oh yeah, Smart Guys. Smart Guys. It's good. Let's check it out. Yeah, go uh, go check it out. I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and plug them because we're just fans and we're cool like that. So, uh, fi- my my final thoughts. I wanted to add a few extra notes that I happened to find out, which I thought were interesting about the game. Okay. Yeah. So 
the, well, there's just a couple notes here. You don't have to. We already know you don't have to equip equipment, which I thought was really weird. But chests refill. Yeah, that was interesting. It tells you that in the manual that wooden chests refill, but uh, treasure chests do not. Um, uh, it kind of that, takes all the all the interest out of like using a store as well, because it's like, oh, I can just get a bunch of health potions. See ya. Yeah, it took me a while. I also a little bit of a side note or a sad sad note. I actually died on the first boss three times. First enemy in the game. Oh, cool. Three times. How did you and, do and that? Because I walk. No, it's just bad RNG. So we never talked about that, right? What happens when you die? Have you ever died in the game? I actually never died. I was I was too good. So once you die, it says, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just says, uh, quit or retry or something like that. I was like, yes, no. If mm-hmm. you say yes to retry, it just goes back to the start of the battle. You start again where you left off. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, for an entry level, yes, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it was a little weird. Like, there's no challenge to this at all. <laughs> just, if you do poorly, <laughs> just retry and mash A again and hope this time it works. And right. then the, the last sort of tidbit of information I took note of was that whenever you kill an enemy, it sounds, I think I described it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the enemies make a hard fart, a solid fart noise. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I don't remember like that at all. If you listen to it, it kind of sounds like a wet fart on a leather on a leather couch. Oh, Burn. that's kind of nice. Why <laughs> <laughs> would that make me laugh? I thought of that. I was like, okay, well, this is this is too too funny to not share with everybody. I have now shared it. We can now continue. I just wanted to tell uh, everyone the death noises sound like farts because I am four. Let's move on to our tip hotline, the retro reset tip hotline. Retro reset tip hotline. Um, so we only got one submission, surprisingly, on Mystic Aww, Quest. You mean there weren't like um, a crap ton of people really into this? Yeah, surprisingly, crap ton of people were not into Retro Reset. Come on, um, Mystic Quest fan base. Where are you? Or Stand Mystic up. Quest. I keep wanting to say Retro Reset instead of Mystic Quest, and I have no idea why. My brain's not really working. I'm a little, like, if I seem a little, like, off in this recording, uh, I'm sick again. Um, I'm sweating my ass off under a blanket because I decided to try a new recording method today. He's, he's doing it in a blanket tent. Blanket tent method. It's yeah. Uh, I made a I made a blanket tent. So I'm pretending. Micro. To say, I um, think. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Micro do it. I saw Micro do it on um an episode of Dirty Jobs. He was like recording stuff for Deadliest Catch while he was out. Yeah. Uh, you mean you on, do on location? Do. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, this will make the audio sound better. Um, it's miserable and I hate it. So. Uh, um, that said, here's our one message from a fan on Mystic Quest. Hi, Retro Reset Podcast. My name is David Dawson, SuperSensei007 on Twitter. I saw your tweet about tips for Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, so my tip is to always complete the battle squares on the world map. You get a ton of XP, and you get rewards for finishing all the battles. Also, I think the chests uh, reset when you leave a dungeon and come back in. It's been a while since I played, though, so I may not be 100% correct on that one. Um, you are correct, though. Uh, when you go into any area, the chest reset. It doesn't have to be a dungeon. It could be like a town. Um, but when you go in and out of a, of an icon on the map, all the chests reset, um, which is something that, you know, we we stumbled into. So I think that's a good tip if you are actually, you know, playing through this game. Um, but I would say, uh, I don't know. It, it's just so not fun to complete the battle squares. It is. It's such a, it's so painful. But it's a great tip, and we definitely appreciate it because you, it's it's something you wouldn't think to do. Yeah, you get some um, useful items out of them eventually. You really do. 
Yeah. I also thought it was weird, too, because uh, I know we're going back to the game for a second, but, like, mm-hmm. I was surprised because it, it, it doesn't encourage this, but you should always talk to all the villagers because you never know who might sell you a steel helmet. Just from random guy in the back ho- back building in uh, the second village, I think, will sell you a steel helmet. Oh, wow. All right. I didn't know You know, that. I, I, that's another thing about this game. It doesn't encourage you to talk to everybody because most people don't have anything interesting to say. Um, yeah. And and this is something that really made me sad about the game. There's no flavor text, right? You like if I go up to there's a bunch of like crystal balls in every single house in Foresta. And when you go up to to talk to the crystal ball to see if there's any flavor text, it'll tell you like what it is or what it's doing there. There's nothing. Yeah, there's there's interesting things on the map that you can't interact with and find out what they are. And I hate that. I I. Like, for, for some reason, like, something that makes, uh, I think, retro games so much fun in, in those top-down RPG-style games is being able to, like, look at everything and sort of get an idea of what it is. Even, even um, um, oh, what is it? Star Tropics, right? You talk to the pig in the initial place, he shows you his butthole. Like, <laughs> you need some reward. Yeah, come on. Come on, Mystic Quest. Let me see your butthole. Show me. I looked show at all me, your crystal balls. Show, show me, your me butthole. the crystal balls, butthole. <laughs> I want to see your butthole, Mister Class. But I, I feel like the game would have benefited at least from having some funny words written about things that you can look at. Yeah, it, you could again. They, I don't think they cared. But I just thought yeah. it was weird how you go had to go in the back and like get. It paid to yeah. talk to them. It, it, who's going to do that? Because it doesn't give you any indication in the, in the game at all. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't give you any indication that that's going to happen. It's just sort of there, and it's like, oh, other RPGs do this, so we should have it in there. We should have a, a character who gives you an item. Yeah. Like, ugh, ugh. You got to design the game around it. Dang it. No kidding. So is that what is that at the end of his message? Or? Yeah, that is the end of his message. So thank you, uh, Super Sensei Double O Seven. That is David Dawson. Thank you for submitting. Uh, your uh, your text message. Uh, we really appreciate that. Hey everybody, so as I was editing, I saw we had a second submission to our text message inbox. Uh, so this one comes from Michael. Uh, I have a few tips for Mystic Quest. One, the regular chests respawn every time you leave the area, so you can max out on potions in the first forest zone. And since potions uh, restore a certain percentage of health, they'll always be useful to you. Uh, two, uh, talk to every townsperson. Some of them will randomly be holding equipment or valuable items. Uh, three, it will be a lot of grinding, but always clear out the battle arenas. Uh, they will give you lots of experience points after or ex- equipment and uh, spells. Good luck on the game, and I'll be waiting to hear the podcast. Uh, thanks, Michael, for uh, that submission. Um, I actually didn't know that uh, the potions restore percentages of health, so that's actually a really good tip. Uh, so thanks for submitting. And again, if you played the messenger or you have some, uh, you know, fun things you want to you want to say about the messenger uh, please send us a message at 747-21 reset or 747-21-73738 yep or text us same number or leave an email or yeah. a facebook message man there's just there's just a hundred outlets you could use yeah you um if you want to find us on social medias the social meds uh, as my wife likes to say right. um <laughs> uh, we're retro reset pod on all of them so email twitter facebook instagram uh retro reset pod is where to find us
We love you. We're not on iTunes yet, but we'll be sure to push that when we are. Uh, and we're going to have a T-shirt contest whenever we do get on iTunes. So Thank keep you. an eye out. For, and those, uh, those babies are going to be wet. Uh, what? Those wet T-shirts. Yeah. We're going to send them to you absolutely wet. Yeah. Gonna we're not, we're just going to wash them and we're not going to dry them. We're just sticking them right in that plastic package right into the mailbox we- at 80 degrees and they're going to just mold. Mm. Oh, we are rebels. That's why. We're rebels. We grew up in the 1990Xs. That's what they did back then. Anytime you ordered a t-shirt on the store. On the store? (laughs) (laughs) You went went to the store and ordered one and they shipped it to your house. Yeah, I was going to say on the internet, but... (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Halfway through, I was like, oh, wait, that didn't didn't exist. Um, What did halfway through the uh, 90s, right? Kind of. Kind of. If you had a thousand hours of AOL... Maybe my parents, my parents got a, uh, internet enabled like 56 K modem, uh, like in 1996 or something like that. Yeah. But well, you, cer- you certainly, you certainly couldn't go online and order a t-shirt. No, you had to have a thousand hours, not without a thousand hours for you. Well, yeah, you had to go order it on the store and then they would send it to you in the package wet and, and moldy. Yeah. Everybody in the nineties had moldy t-shirts. So, um, that's just something you had to deal with. Yep. And you ha- and you had to walk uphill both ways to get to school. So. Yeah, in the snow, in three feet of snow. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, join us next week for... Uh, the Messenger. Jer, jer. No, no, no. Actually, no, that's two no. weeks from now. Join us that's next week. That's two weeks week, from now. Join us next week for, this, for next week's episode of SideQuest. Yep. Am I, right? I don't know what I we're going to be right? talking about. Oh, we'll be yeah. surprised, but you guys will be, will be, we'll all be surprised. We'll all be surprised. It's going to, it's going to be a fun surprise. And the messenger uh, episode is when we're going to start our t-shirt contest. Uh, so be, be sure to uh, keep an eye out for that and get ready because we're going to be on iTunes. And, and also, um, if you, what was, there was no more thing I wanted to mention. Also for any of those that might want to see it, um, we, we might put up a stream for like a, Maybe in the sometime near future, late future, in honor of like a, of a, our birthday extravaganza live. Portion. Yeah, man, we'll start our our streaming account. We actually retro reset pod is our username on Twitch. So if you want to get on there early, uh, follow us. Yeah, just uh, go ahead and log on now. For a stream. Yeah, log yeah, on now. Why not? And wait. It can't be more than a month, so just do it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It, there's other people to watch now. Don't worry about that. Just watch the blank black screen that says offline. Just follow us and you'll get a notification when we first stream. Yeah, it's going to exactly. be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. I hope everyone mm-hmm. else is. And we will see you all next time on, on Retro, Retro Reset. Reset Podcast. <laughs>